0: We're going to look at several verses of Scripture. Our text is found in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8, and verse number 12. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, and verse number 12. This is our text today and our subject. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Think about that for a moment. Christ is the light of the world. We need light, don't we? If you follow Jesus, you won't walk in darkness. Let's pray. Father, bless the message today in the Word of God. Exalt the name of Christ and exalt the Word, Father. And you receive praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn back with me to Hebrews chapter 12, if you would. We started the first of the year with this text, with this thinking that the Christian life is like a marathon race. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We are in a spiritual warfare in this Christian race. The Christian race is what we call Christianity. As we seek to live for the Lord and honor His Word and His will for our lives, then it's vital that we keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ who, through His Spirit, guides us and directs us and helps us know His plan on how we are to live. We began this year looking at this, running the race, enduring with patience the, the Christian life. There's hardships, there's difficulties, there's hills to climb. There's um, enemies that would hinder us in the race. There's deceptions that would draw our attention away from the Lord and to things of this world, including the pleasures of sin that only last for a season Brother Gary and I were talking this morning. He's going to be speaking tonight, I believe, aren't you? We have a hard time getting him to preach. He's he's too busy to study. No, he, he, uh, He'd rather others do it most of the time, but he's going to speak for us tonight. Well, he and I were talking this morning, talking about the old preaching t- uh, um, p- three points. Sin will take you farther than you wanted to go. It will keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and it will cost you more than you were willing to pay. And that happens when Christians get out of the walk with God and get into sin. They just had a, a desire, a temptation. They thought they could dabble with something for just a little bit, and the next thing they know, the whole world has fallen down on top of them, and they got to build back everything that has been destroyed. We've got to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been looking at the names and titles of Jesus described in the Scriptures that his attributes might be known to us, that we might know what he's doing for us in our daily lives so that we can call upon him with wisdom and we can live the life through all the hardships that we face. We all need encouragement at times. We all need someone to give us a good word of advice or maybe just give us a scripture. This morning we sang about the the anchor. I got this tile, that says, "My uh, he anchors my soul." Hebrews six nineteen. Christ is the anchor. We got to remember that, and we got to keep that focal before us, because we can get led astray very easily. We must focus on the spiritual things in life by the study of the Word, by being faithful in church, by fellowshiping with Christian people, and not get caught up in the desires of the flesh. We must partake of Christ. He is the great I Am. He said last week, He is the bread of life and He is the water of life. He told the woman at the well, if you drink of this water from Jacob's well, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I can give you, you'll never thirst again. He's talking about everlasting life and the Holy Spirit furnishing through us what we need for daily life. (coughs) Our needs... And our help and our guide to help us control our desires. If you want to turn there, I'm going to Psalm 42. In verse 1 through 5. Psalm 42. The psalmist had a good analogy here. He said, as the heart. Speaking of a deer, panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise and with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. God has supplied our needs. Look at verse 8 and 11 if you're still there verse 8 said yet the lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me in my prayer unto the god of my life in verse 11 he said why art thou cast down O my soul why art thou disquieted within me hope thou in god for i shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my god keeping the focus upon the lord when we're going through troublous times difficulties and hardships that cause us to cry out to the Lord. It may be physical pain. The, many of this congregation have got gray hair and glasses and, and uh, showing you age a little bit, you know, and um, when we get older, we have aches and pains and we have plenty of doctor bills and all that sort of thing. And you know what? God can help you when you're young or when you're old. And God can meet your needs. we got to remember that. The Bible said in Isaiah, He'd renew our strength. We'd mount up with wings as eagles. We'd run and not be weary. We can walk and not faint. I just like to walk and not fall. (laughs) Uh, God can help us with that, and He's helped me rightly. I showed yesterday the nurse practitioner came to the house with our insurance Signa. And did a yearly evaluation of joy and I all the medicines we take and all that sort of thing, and she said, "If you had a fall recently?" I said, "No, but let me show you this." And I took a picture out of my behind and showed her that it was black and blue when that lawnmower came over the trailer and landed on top of me on the ground, you know. And I said, "I had this happen, and uh, but it's okay. I don't. It's better now. Praise the Lord." When that thing started coming over, I said, "Oh Lord, please help me," and He did. It was like Peter sinking in the water, you know. Peter said, save me, Lord. And the Lord lifted him up out of the waves. And I prayed that prayer immediately and God protected me as I hit the ground. I could have broke my back or my hip or any number of things. But I didn't and I know why I didn't because God helped me. And God will help you and he'll do it right well. In Isaiah 40, uh, he, he said that when you wait on the Lord... He'll renew your strength. It's easy for us to be impatient. It's easy for us not to endure for a long time. That's what the marathon race of Hebrews 12 is talking about. We run with patience, which is endurance. And we wait on the Lord to guide us and direct us and show us the path. And we keep our eyes on Him. Because the spiritual warfare that we are in, the enemy will harass us and tire us. And our load seems to get heavy. And we feel ourselves faltering. But then God intervenes. Back in Hebrews chapter 12, we saw that marathon race with the great cloud of witnesses. And chapter 11 gives us all these witnesses who've done mighty things for God through troublesome times. He said, Abel offered the proper sacrifice, but his brother got angry and killed him because of it. Abel was serving God and did the right thing. And he suffered as a result of it. The disciples were with the Lord on the ship doing what Jesus told them to do. And a great storm came up. And they woke him up and said, Master, we're going to perish. Carest thou not that we perish? Jesus said, O ye of little faith. Why would he say that? Because he told them they were going to the other side. They weren't going halfway and sinking the storm. There was a storm, sure, but the Lord spoke and calmed the storm. And he can speak and calm the storm in your life. Enoch had a testimony that he pleased God and was translated that he would not see death. That's what we're hoping for, my friends, in the rapture of the church. After that, Noah was warned of the judgment to come, and he built the ark to the saving of his household. And uh, the lost people were left in judgment. This world is going to suffer the day of the Lord. This world is going to suffer the judgment of God. All the unbelievers and sinners are going to have their comeuppance one day before the Lord. As old R.G. Lee used to say, it's going to be payday someday." And they're going to have to pay for what they've done. But like Enoch, if we serve the Lord, we're going to be delivered before that judgment takes place. Abraham obeyed God, left his home and his family, and he went to the place to see where God was going to give him the land over in the Far East. A little speck of it is called Israel, but all that land, a part of Iran and Iraq and Egypt and all of that belongs to the nation of Israel given to them by God but you see they had to go through great hardship before they got there 430 years in servitude in Egypt and then the journey where there was no water and bad water and and no food except manna to eat even angels food if you eat it long enough you can say you know I'd sure like to have an old-fashioned hamburger once in a while you know And that's what Israel did. And God was uh, upset with them for their complaining. Early believers lived as strangers and pilgrims on the earth. 1 Peter 2.11, Peter said to the believers that we are to, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from the sins of the flesh. Have a testimony before the unbelieving world that you live in. And... uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews and verse, uh, let me find my note here, 32, I'm going to read verse 32 through 38, Hebrews chapter 11, and what shall I say, what shall I more say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David, also Samuel, and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. They were serving God. They were walking with the Lord. They were God's people, but they still experienced all these things because they live in this present evil world that you and I still live in. The women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with a the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins, Goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided something, some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. They're waiting in paradise. They are going to get a new body one day. The resurrection of Christ lifted them from that place to be in the heavenly abodes. But their new body waits for the same time we will go to in heaven to be with the Lord and be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. In Psalm 30 and verse 5, the psalmist wrote, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. You face hardships. All of you that have been saved for some time. You know your life's not perfect because you're saved. That you still face difficulties. Your car can still break down. You still can fall and break a leg. You can still have troubles and trials that you go through in life. But God can help you through. And we always got to keep our focus upon the Lord because He knows what is best. And when we give our situation unto Him, He will use us in the situation to bring honor and glory to himself and maybe be a witness to someone else who needs to know the Lord as their Savior. Don't forget when you know the Lord, the sun's coming up tomorrow, my friends. God's still on the throne. He's in charge and you're one of His children and He's not going to leave you behind when the day comes. We hope in God (coughs) our faith renewed The Word would grant us encouragement if we get into the Word of God and find what we need there for the day as we live. Direction for our path. Sometimes the darkness seems to hide the face of the Lord. God gave the sun to rule the day and the moon to rule the night. But sometimes on bad, cloudy times, when the moon's at its smallest part, you can go outside and it's so dark you just can't hardly see anything. I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning the other morning and and, uh, I have an outside emergency light on the back and it went off and I was sitting right beside the window and I looked out the window and there stood a deer eating grass in my backyard right there at my window. And you know what? That light came on he didn't run off. He stood there. And then I could see in the darkness out from the light there were some more legs out there. There was more than one deer there. And uh, just a little bit 30 seconds, I think, is how long those lights stay on. It went off. And I couldn't see anything out that window. It was just total darkness. Sometimes it seems that way in life. But if we know Christ, He will give us light. The unbelievers are in darkness all the time, my friends. Can you imagine the things we go through, just living life, the hardships and difficulties? Can you imagine the people that go through life with all those hardships and they don't know the Lord? They're in darkness totally and completely. They have no hope of deliverance or of a better life one day with the Lord. Jesus spoke to the scribes and the Pharisees who brought a woman to him and cast her down said, this woman was taken in adultery Moses said, Stone her, what do you say, Jesus? And Jesus stooped down and began to write on the ground with his finger. And he looked up a little bit and he said, Let he that is without sin cast the first stone. And all of them were immediately smitten in their heart that they were sinners. They knew they had sinned. Not one of them was worthy to pick up a stone and stone the woman, and so they left. Jesus said, "Where are thine accusers, woman?" She said, "Lord, there are none." He said, "Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more." Do not go back to that lifestyle. Do not go back to doing what you were doing before. Then he looked to them, and he said, um, "We have the sun. No, we have the sun to rule today the day, and darkness to rule the night." But Jesus said to them, I am the light of the world. He that comes to me shall not walk in darkness. In Exodus 5:8, Paul wrote to the Christians at Ephesus said, Ye were sometimes darkness. In your past you were in darkness. But now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Psalm 119, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The light reveals things to us that remove the dangers, that keep us from stumbling and falling and running into things. But unbelievers, the Bible said in John 3, they rejected the light of Christ because they loved darkness more than light, because their deeds were evil. Much of what you hear taking place in sinful things and crime and all of that sort of thing takes place in the darkness. It's rare that they have broad daylight robberies and killings and all of that. They happen far more in the darkness of night because the sinner thinks he can get away with it when he has no one to expose him. Light guides us so we don't stumble. Light expels darkness. Light travels at 186,000 feet, oh, excuse me, 186,000 miles per second. That's fast. That's faster than any motorcycle I ever owned. (laughs) I always took my motorcycles out when I broke them in and wanted to see just how fast they'd run. So I'd go down to Lancaster, there's a big old hill that goes down there toward the lake about three miles long, you can see. And I'd hit the top of that hill, run at about 70 or 80, and I'd floor it, and I'd go to the bottom of that hill, and it'd be pegging at 160, bouncing like that, and still be picking up speed. And that wind would pull your face back like this, and your tears in your eyes would fill your ears up, and I said, I gotta back off, I can't do this any longer, I can't see where I'm going. But when you turn on a, spotlight and there's something standing at that back door, it's as if it takes no time at all to get from here to there. Immediately the light is on that person. And God made light that way. That we could receive light from the sun, that we could receive heat from the sun, that we could receive what we need to live. Christ gives us light to walk in him and follow Him in the path that He has chosen for us to live. In 1 John 1.5, the Bible says, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Verse 7 says, Walk in the light as He is in the light, and Jesus Christ's blood will cleanse us of all unrighteousness. The sun is mighty and powerful, but it pales compared to the glory of God. The moon reflects the light of the sun, and you and I are to reflect the light of Jesus Christ through us and through His Word to help people come to know how to be saved and delivered from the darkness that one day will destroy them without coming to Christ. I went deer hunting out of Springfield, Missouri when I was a student at Baptist Bible College. I drove about 30 miles away from the city to some um, land that uh, the natural resource people had for public hunting. I knew it was close to a lake, but I had no idea how close, and so I parked my car. I didn't go over there in the daytime and scout it out. I just had a chance to go hunting that morning. On the way there, about a a quarter of a mile from where I stopped to get out of the car to hunt, a deer ran across the road in front of me and actually hit my car and slid up on the hood and... Some dogs were chasing it, and uh, it didn't injure the deer. got up and run off fine. So I parked my car. I walked through the woods. I had a little flashlight, but it wasn't very good, you know, but I was just trying to make sure I didn't step in a hole. And I was walking along, and I could hear water. And so I stopped, and I climbed up in a tree. And when daylight came, I could look over and see there was a cliff there that was about 80 feet high. And the water was splashing up against it at the bottom. If I'd kept walking, it's entirely possible I could have walked off that thing in the dark without or get so close that I would stumble and fall and go over it. But thank God he spared me from that. I didn't kill a deer, by the way, either. God set the sun in the heavens. The Bible says it runs its circuit under the ends of all. There's no place that is hidden from the heat of it. God's word will go out in that way too, my friends, but you and I have a responsibility. The church has a responsibility to spread the light of the gospel to the world of people who do who are in darkness and who do not have all the opportunities we have with a church on every corner and Christian TV and Christian radio and Bibles and publications and gospel tracts and all the things we have on top of Christian witnesses who've lived for God 30 and 40 and 50 years that can tell somebody how to be saved. But there are a lot of countries that are in darkness. <clears throat> That's why we give to missions. Brother Joe Hendricks texted me this morning told me he's praying for me. Text me. I sent a text back and asked him about Jerry. He told me he was going to try to preach today. Um, we support Brother Joe in missions. I asked him, I said, are you going on another trip anytime soon? He texts back and said, I just bought the tickets yesterday to go to Africa April 5th. Pray for Brother Joe as he goes there. He'll probably go and stay a week, maybe even longer, and preach in a number of places and help some churches while he's there. And he does this routinely and pray for him as he gets prepared to go. Jesus told his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount, ye are the light of the world. We've got a responsibility to share the light with the rest of the world. We must reflect the light from the source, and that source is the Lord Jesus Christ and his glory. In Isaiah 42, Jesus would be a light to the Gentiles. He would keep the covenant with the Jews, but he'd be a light to the Gentiles. And he expected in Isaiah 49, 6, Israel to become a light to the Gentile nations. Now, the best they ever did was in their synagogues. They had some proselytes that came to hear the message of the Word of God that was taught by the priests or the Levites and they could hear it, but they, could, they were separated from the others. <clears throat> but when the New Testament church began, God broke down that wall of partition that separated. And now we sit here today, male and female, and from every nationality in the world, if we know Jesus Christ is our Savior, we're one in Him because of our faith in Christ. Malachi said, The day of the Lord cometh that shall burn as an oven. The proud and the wicked will burn like the stubble. But unto you that fear my name shall the sun of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. The Bible says that God is spirit. They that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. That God is Light. In Him is no darkness, and God is love. And we love Him because He first loved us. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. All men outside Christ are in darkness. But the light of Christ can give them salvation and a path to walk where they do not stumble. Let us, as Thessalonians said, walk as children of light. And the light symbolizes the knowledge, the holiness, the comfort with God. Darkness is a figure of ignorance and inability and error and depravity. It is of the kingdom of Satan. You and I who got saved were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Now let us walk as children of light. Father, bless your people today and help them, I pray. Encourage them if they're going through some difficult time. And Lord, if they've strayed from the straight and narrow, help them today to return to you and confess their sin and find forgiveness and cleansing and get back into that place of walking with you. We know, Lord, that as Christians, we are going to face difficulties and hardships from this world we live in. So please, Father, help us and receive our praise and thanks for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen.